Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. Imagine a world where we join hearts with people on every continent to connect in stillness, compassion, and dedicated action for intentional planetary healing. Imagine a thriving world where we're all mindfully taking time to rest, remove stress, noise, and toxins from our lives. Well, now is that time. Our guest today invites us to experience the second annual global event for the healing and replenishment of the planet and all its inhabitants. Together, we share a commitment to protect and honor the foundations of life as we focus on earth, water, fire, air, climate, biodiversity, and the web of life. I love this invitation and look forward to sharing more. But first, I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Dr. Shelley Ostroff is an author, activist, artist, leadership consultant, and social entrepreneur focused on initiating and supporting whole systems healing processes on a global level. She's the founder of Together in Creation and Seven Days of Rest platforms and initiatives dedicated to the healing and replenishment of the planet and all of its inhabitants. And there's so much more to her story and so much more to this invitation today. So I'm so honored and really, really fulfilled in bringing this opportunity to you listeners, because this is an important opportunity for all of us. So welcome, Shelly. Thank you so much, Julie, for the invitation to be here and to share this with you and through you and really share this intention so deeply with you as I know we do. Yeah. Yeah, I feel this now um, kind of, I I don't even know how to explain it, Shelley, but this year um, at this time coming upon the second annual Seven Days of Rest, I'm feeling this quickening even deeper in my bones than last year. Like this, um, I don't know. It's just very different. The energy, the this global supportive energy, there's just a lot moving. So I'm really thrilled to bring this to our listeners, to talk about it more deeply, and to really provide this opportunity for everyone for the entire year of 2019 and 2020. We're moving into some important time times. So, but first, I think it would be hoove us to start with our normal traditional first question, because this opportunity that we're going to talk about today is grounded in a larger perspective. And so I would love 
to start off by asking you, Shelley, if you could share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you today? Mm. Um, well, um, as we, we enter into the seven days of rest and reflection coming up, I've been doing very profound meditations on a daily basis with each of the elements. And last night I did with my small team a meditation on the web of life and really kind of um, brought in the um, deep visioning of how all things are intricately connected in this holographic universe. And so much happens on the subtle levels, uh, the invisible levels that we're not aware of. And right now, this quickening that you're talking about feels like consciousness is exploding to really understand that so much goes on on these subtle levels. Um, And that these threads of light and life that connect us um, are so intelligent and so beyond what we as humans can perceive um, that I think uh, the excitement that you're feeling, the quickening is really one of beginning to apprehend it more and more, um, not only on the level of disasters that you know we're feeling on the planet at the moment where climate change is such a physical expression of our interconnectedness and the non-locality of our behavior and the impact of our local behavior on the global whole that is bringing us in some ways, giving us this wake-up call to understand this interconnectedness, but also on the levels of compassion and also on the levels of consciousness where we are experiencing in some ways this deeper ability to commune with all elements, to commune with nature, um, to commune with other beings and with the universe. And this communication, I feel, is enabling us to really sense our deep connectivity and the multiplicity of languages that are available to us as we begin more and more to grasp this concept of all things connected. Mm. I love that. And I really appreciate your personal story of, of, of going into meditation with each of the elements and really listening deeply to this web of life piece. I think that is, I agree. It's, it is the excitement. It is that, um, it is consciousness really active right now, like waking and like you mentioned, exploding. It's like this incredible movement that is, undeniable right now within everything. We're we're really experiencing it. So the invitation, I I would love to hear more about your story and the vision of Seven Days of Rest. This is the second year. You brought it forward last year. And the invitation is to begin the new year, the first seven days of the year, by co-creating a global field of rest and reflection with the intention to really restore our sacred relationship with the foundations of life. So can you say more about this opportunity and invitation and and really how it came about, your vision for this? Mm -hmm. So um, the vision, the initial vision came in May 2017, um, where I saw 
basically I experienced Mother Earth uh, calling us as human beings to take seven days of rest from our busyness, from our noise, and from our doing to her and let her rest and in that process let ourselves rest and to recalibrate with this um, profound vibrational um, experience, that original sense of being which is beyond the noise. So it was a what I saw was this recalibration process of really letting go of the noise around us in order to recalibrate with her as the initial step in the healing process. And I saw people around the world um, gathering in sacred circles to hold this intentionality um, and to focus on this, this healing process through beginning with rest. And I knew that I was supposed to do any, you know, organize some kind of global event. I had no idea how to do it, but the vision was so strong that I just couldn't, um, I couldn't say no, basically. And so I started to write about it, talk to people about it, do a little video about it. And um, there was an extraordinary sequence of events that felt like the event was orchestrating itself with beautiful partners coming on board like yourself and good of the whole and many partners from across the world saw something about this event and its potential recognized it and joined forces and the event was a co-creative event so it enabled people all over the world to initiate events as well there was no one way of doing this it was to give everybody the opportunity to hold that sacred space in through their own tradition through their own prisms and to do it alone or with others, to invite um, uh, others to join to locally or globally on online events. And by, uh, I also knew that this was asked to be done on the 1st to the 7th of January 2018. Um, so within six months, um, somehow the event orchestrated itself with a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, that um, it brought together people from over 60 countries um, and a wonderful range of events and initiatives and beautiful partnerships that have actually continued throughout the year um, where organizations and stewards that came on board are um, just amplifying their activities through the connectivity that was that is weaving its way through our different events. Um, this was one of a series of global events that were happening and found its place at the beginning of the year, whereas others are doing it at other times of the year. So that was the first event. And then at the end of the event, there was a call, the recognition that somehow this is the way to start the new year with seven days of, of deep rest and intentionality. And as the event came closer this year, um, it became clear that it had a slightly different flavor. Um a kind of evolution of last year where if the first one was recalibration, this one was reflection. So it was, it's now called seven days of rest and reflection. And the idea is that in all the challenges that we face today, the immense challenges and our busyness in trying to hold things together and, f uh, you know, put out fires um, and manage symptoms that um, the call that, that uh, come from the disease of our disconnect from the foundations of life, that the call at the moment is for us to reconnect to the foundational elements of life as the basis for moving forward. So it in the vision for this year, it became clear that um, 
what was being asked was that we create a space for um, nurturing a, a new a, a renewed personal connection with these elements, an ability to commune with these elements, um, to uh, spend time reflecting on them, um, to learn about them, both on the um, through, through dialogue, through um, knowledge, through experience, but to really recognize uh, earth and uh, water and fire and air and biodiversity and climate and biodiversity and the web of life as these foundational aspects that exist not only outside of us, but also within us. And to talk to them and to ask them what they need of us in order to return to nature's perfect form, to thank them for what they give us, to recognize how they exist and their part that they play within the system. And it became also clear that part of this, these foundations is also to restore the sacred relationship of the masculine and feminine with each other and with all of creation because part of the imbalance and disconnect is between these two foundational essences within us um, and between us. So the, the, the restoration of the sacred masculine and feminine in honoring these essences is such a foundational part of, um, of the way that we can begin to commune with these essences, develop a new relationship with them, and then emerge hopefully with a deep pledge to honor, protect, and nurture them and um, do what all that it takes to really restore these elements to nature's form. And through that, um, it feels like everything else will fall into place. Mm. I bet it's not just a feeling, it's a knowing that everything else will fall into place. So, Shelley, you say that by cultivating this reflective and loving communion with these primary forces of life, we transform and heal ourselves, our lifestyles, our kinship, and our culture. So, let's talk about this collective healing space, but also let's begin with the foundation of our personal healing because this opportunity really is foundational for ourselves. It's a time of rest and reflection. And we know with healing, literally healing disease, healing trauma, healing wounds, healing fractures, healing viruses, we need rest. We know that. And this opportunity, um, it, it builds on this place of rest within us and our own healing capacity. But then it reminds us of us being the individual cells and organs within this greater living system. And so we know quite literally that our healing is a part of our collective healing. But let's let's begin with the foundation of rest and from from your place your perspective Shelley um, why is rest important and what can we bring to the seven days that's a very personal kind of rest because we could get really busy and doing all the doing of the seven days and really not come into that deep deep rest mm. um, yeah thank you Julie, that's a beautiful reminder that uh, the seven days isn't really about the doing, but it's to come to 
the invitation through a restful place. And that is the basis of it. Um, so, yeah, for me, rest is um, that uh, embodied experience of um, letting go of control, of letting go of external stimuli and of reconnecting to the vibrational experience of the breath. And in that breath, there is movement. In rest, the movement th flows through us in ways that it doesn't when we're stressed or active. So we become much clearer vessels. And in that space of rest, uh, all the different parts of the body can almost refine their natural place. And the best way to do it, in my experience, is to um, listen to the sensations in the body. Because when we just listen to them without trying to control them, without trying to even breathe deep or breathe light or breathe this way or that way, but just follow the movement, we move out of our heads and into another way of experiencing that actually de-stresses us. Because it's the thoughts often that stress us, it's the habits that stress us. And when we actually follow the movement in the body, that sensational experience, something shifts and everything can find a new place because the movement is free to do what it needs to do. Mm. Mm. I hope my um, yummy noises didn't disrupt your flow because that was gorgeous and I'm just going oh yes 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 thank you for that you know um, we're inviting people also so this moving with the flow coming into our bodies and that restful place I love how you said that to, to begin with was inviting us into the restful place to do that place of reflection so coming from this restful place you're inviting people to meet the foundational elements of life in a new way to really shed limiting ideas and old habits that we may have in relationship to them and really discover a new and profound relationship with these life-giving qualities. And you're talking about the elements in a very real way today. And it, it sounded like um, it people could take it as this mythology, but we're not talking about a disconnect with these elements in life. You're talking about the real intimate relationship that we have, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, with these elements. So let's talk about each of them separately because I think it's an opportunity for listeners to really get what we're talking about with this embodied sense of earth, water, fire. I mean, we can go on, but let's, let's just begin. We'll probably have to take a break in between these um, elements, but let's begin with earth. And if you could just really deepen into our relationship with earth and what that means for all of us listening today. Hmm. So the way that I um, find myself really uh, learning about the elements is by just opening a space to invite them to reveal themselves to me. Mm. And it's not from a place of knowledge. It's from a place of open awareness. So I kind of go into an imaginative space where I sense into, so where is earth in my life? You know, what is my relationship with her? That Where do I depend on her? 
How do I impact her? How does she impact me? Where is she within me? You know, what is that element? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it give? What does it need? And these kinds of imaginative questions um, help me to just be in a dreamlike uh, um, awareness where I am um, flooded with pictures and sensations. You know, when we, are, when we get out of the knowledge, um, the scientific knowledge about Earth, and we just start to sense into her presence in our life, and then what she actually needs and how she functions, the imagination takes us everywhere because there's no end to it. So we start to kind of sense into the earth beneath our feet. We sense to the connection of the animals within the earth, above the earth, how the trees connect to the earth can come from the earth. You know, what is that earthy element within us that enables us to actually have the gravity to connect with this earth? Um, what is her? What is the space and the fluidity within her? And it's these kinds of imaginative questions that can take one on a journey of deep uh, relationship with her. And so, for me, there isn't there isn't really one aspect to any of these um, these elements. But as soon as you go into it, you kind of feel its uniqueness as opposed to the other elements. And that earth that physical aspect of our body that grounds us and that we can actually feel and touch and taste and texture um, is a portal to understanding Earth. And I would say that, uh, that the way that um, we can also really connect to Earth is through the nourishment that she gives us and what we take into our bodies through her mm. and how when we actually take in the pure nourishment of organic plant-based rainbow colored fruits, we actually begin to become clearer, clearer in our minds and hearts and relate to the surroundings in ways that are more harmonious and less, less um, contaminated by thoughts and toxins that are through processed foods. So one of the ways to connect to earth is really by being very aware of how intimate it is because we're taking her products inside of us all the time and she is our fuel you know her 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 fruits are our fuel and everything that we take in is is a gift from her and it has an impact a, a vibrational impact on our bodies hmm. that that is a beautiful invitation shelly and what occurred to me when you began talking was i had this really this fun um, thought that moved in when you began. We study feng shui, and there's this whole um, tradition of feng shui of bringing the elements into our homes, and we honor the elements in that way. It's like, yes, we want some earth, we want some fire, we want, we want, we want the balance in our environment. Um, in our homes and the seven days of rest is like the feng shui of the inner landscape. Mm -hmm. And so isn't that, isn't that wonderful? I'm like, yeah, like where, beautiful. 
Yeah. So um, to me, that just grounded the whole conversation in a very real way of going, of course, we want that in our environment. Why wouldn't we want this intimate relationship in our inner landscape? So we, we need to take a quick break. I do want to talk about those other elements that we're really looking to create this restoration and sacred relationship with right after the break. We're talking with Shelly Ostroff, seven days of rest and reflection is coming up January 1, but we're inviting you into the rest and reflection every day of 2019. There's so much moving. So we will be back right after this break. I don't believe it. My savings are gone. They're gone. You're kidding. Nope, they're gone. They're gone, gone. Okay, all right. Think about it. Where did you have them last? I remember I was home, then I took them, and then I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Then I bought this miniature suit of armor I saw in the in-flight magazine. And that's the last you saw of your savings? Yes. This is so weird. I know, right? Weird? Uh, not really. Not saving now means no money later. You'd be surprised how quickly a little money from every paycheck can really add up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. The armor is cool, though. Oops. I think I broke its gauntlet. You broke my favorite part. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Me, a cat, moving in with a new human. It took a little getting used to. She has these weird games she likes to play, like this giant feather. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. She sticks it in my face. I swat it away. It's almost like she thinks I enjoy it. But seeing how much fun she gets out of it, well, I guess it makes it all worth it. Humans. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Find a relaxed position to let go of the time you left your daughter's blouse in the dryer too long and it shrunk four sizes. Or when you donated her private diary to the public library. Deep breaths. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. The Empower Meditation Channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul. Calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. 
let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and also listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Shelly Ostroff, founder of Seven Days of Rest. You can find out so much more about what's going on and um, how you can get involved at 7daysofrest.org. And I'm going to spell this out for you so you can find it easily. Seven, as in the the number seven, days hyphen of hyphen rest. Org, seven days hyphen of hyphen rest.org. Google it. I'm sure you'll find it. And there are Facebook pages as well. So Shelly, right before the break, um, we were talking about this inner feng shui. And I know you, you invite us to sense into how the different elements exist within us and beyond us, their unique nature and qualities and the their interdependence and the relationship with the other elements and you gave a good example about the earth and i know there's 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 really a a deeper relationship that we can all garner to all of the elements i wonder if you want to just briefly say a little bit about fire water and air yeah i'd um i'd like to just say one or two more things about earth because it feels important um in this context, um, when we speak of earth, um, I think it's also important to recognize the feminine quality, the feminine mm. um, essence of how we relate to her and what she represents for us, because this is part of our restoring our relationship with the feminine and the masculine. And also to think about not only what, who she is and what she gives us, but also what she wants from us as with other elements. But really, if the elements were to ask us of, uh, ask humanity something, what would they ask? What do they need from us? What would help them to evolve the, their unique consciousness in the precise and um, thriving way as consciousnesses and as uh, beings in themselves? So this kind of um, engagement, this kind of communion really forces us to well, force, I'm not sure, but it invites us in a powerful way to recognize that, to get out of our human-centric consciousness yeah. and think about, you know, what is it that she is inviting us to do, to recognize, to offer her in a mutually nourishing exchange. So this is, um, this is the same in some ways as, you know, the, the, when we think about water, um, this incredible element that you know, uh, that we are part of and um, that really exists also on the subtle dimensions of life and is such a powerful um, life-giving force. And, um, and imagining into how water actually gives life 
and how she enables information to flow. Um, there's so much to say about all of these elements that anything that I say just limits it to you know s- such a partial perspective. But what I want to honor water with is really both its life-giving force, its purifying force, and also its informational um, intelligence. And to what extent we are discovering that water is a reflection of our consciousness and holds um, and represents and reflects our consciousness. Because Emoto, as you know, has done these extraordinary experiments with water and he's he's given uh, words, uh, put water, water in bottles with words on them and each crystal that comes out of these frozen bottles with different words on, it, on them have an entirely different formation which has really helped humanity to understand just how powerful our thoughts are in their impact and in their resonance with water. And so by um, meeting water in this as a reflection of our consciousness, I feel can really take us into a whole new uh, honoring relationship with, with it. And, um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to hear what you, you know, I, there's so much more to say, but I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. You know, I'm like sitting here thinking we could literally have a show on each element. There is so much to say. And um, thank you for bringing in those those two pieces about the water, because engaging in an understanding of the flow piece and the information is so healing in itself to really pause into th- that realization of water in our life and our relationship with water. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that in. And, and I c- totally concur <laughs> that there's so much to be said about each of those. And I think that this is just a teaser for people because what we're really inviting people in is to honor these foundations of creation through the, um, our own diverse frameworks, our own modalities. And so um, we're asking people to be creative with, you know, looking at our own traditions, our own disciplines, bringing, bringing the elements into meditation and prayer, going out into nature and communing, creating sacred ceremony, um, practices, art, journaling. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can bring these elements into these seven days um, that even just a brief introduction to them gets us stirring. I, I love the idea of you being in meditation with your team with each of these. So I, I know that you and your experience um, will be different than everyone listening, but even just saying a little bit acts as this catalytic um, inspiration that, you know, brings us deeper into our own relationship. So thank you. That's earth. That's water. Those are really big. I'll just say again, one more thing. My prayer for water at this point is that human beings move from a concept of drinking safe water, water that is safe to drink, to drinking, you know, to insisting on pure water, water as nature intended because as long as we allow any toxic information into the water system, any any chemicals, we are actually tampering with this pure vibrational wisdom, this nourishing wisdom, this purifying wisdom as nature intended. And water is such a sensitive um, consciousness that 
as we take in pure water, it impacts you know, our bodies and minds. And as we take in the water that has been, um, has the memories of all the, all the stuff that we put in it, it has that impact on our body. So my hope is that we can shift from a concept of um, safe water to a concept of really restoring water to its most natural um, life enhancing vibration as nature intended. I think that's a beautiful place to really pause and allow that to sink in because there's a distinct difference between safe water and pure and we can be a part of that restoration by consciously looking at our own relationship with water and our own relationship with earth and all things right with looking at the toxins and looking at what we expect and so uh, to me your invitation to come back into right relationship with water is to look at just safe water isn't enough. This is about advocacy. This is about sacred activism. This is really looking at our relationship with water on the planet in such a global, universal way that I think is really, really important. So thank you. I, I really appreciate the distinction. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough anymore to just say safe water and for us to get safe water. Yes, in an emergency, in a crisis situation, um, in an intensive care situation, which is kind of where we've been, getting safe water to all humans is important, but it's not good enough moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Mm. What would you want to add about fire and air? So what comes to me for fire is really about in nurturing sacred relations with fire. It's about um, in some ways pledging to get to know this element and to use it only in service of life. It's a volatile element. It's a powerful element. And um, we've used it to go against life. Um, When it's used with sacred intention, when we channel our passion, when we are ignited in service, when we radiate um, our true um, soul spirit uh, purpose, we're using it in alignment. But when we use fire to... um, to really go against life in the way that we're doing it, to create machinery that actually kills life, um, to decimate uh, um, Mother Earth, to use the masculine energy against her rather than with her, like the sun and the moon. And the t- um, this is the abuse and the desecration of this extraordinary element. And um, so for me, if one thinks of the, um, the fiery elements Uh, as expressed in the sacred relationship of the lion and the lioness, especially the white lion and lioness who've really inspired me, you see this extraordinary complementarity of fire and uh, sacred relationship of the masculine and feminine, this this, um, powerful uh, radiance that is in deep harmony and that uses its power um, in ways that actually enable 
the uh, the entire ecosystem around them to thrive. Um, this is a whole, you know, um, conversation possibly in itself. But I do want to bring in the um, the radiant wisdom of the lions and lionesses that are recognised for their majesty because they are such integrative beings, and where they exist as apex predators, the ecology of the system is in total balance. And when the apex predators are taken out of their uh, natural environment, everything becomes imbalanced. Mm, good lesson. Good lesson for all of us. Beautiful. And so air. The air elements for me is just the most extraordinary kind of invisible, powerful um, being intelligence consciousness that um, that is everywhere and yet is little um, little appreciated because it's taken for granted and yet it is the moment where the air comes into our system that is the moment of life independent life uh, on the planet and the moment it ends is that transition and so this life uh, this incredible life-enhancing essence that is totally dependent on the trees um, and the whole web of life is so little, t uh, you know, little understood and little honoured. We may talk about, you know, water and earth a lot more, but the air and what we do with air and how we breathe air and how we take it in and take it out, and what air is needed and also also in order to become pure again, is also another vast conversation. But I really want to emphasize the uh, connectivity between the trees and the air because trees are such, such extraordinary consciousnesses that actually provide the air on the planet. And we are, and it's hard to, to relate to air inseparable from the trees. So I want this also to be kind of a, um, a uh, invitation to um, redevelop sacred relationship with the trees and understand that when forests are being decimated by the minute in order to make way for animal agriculture and fossil fuel mining, we are actually uh, undermining uh, the air that we breathe. And it has a very, very intimate impact, even if it's miles and miles away, because the planet knows no boundaries. So when we start to look at the invisible dimensions of life and connect to air in a way that recognizes just how full it is with communication, with uh, memory, with uh, interaction with the other species, particularly the trees, we really... Um, experience ourselves far more as all things are connected and the, the, the imperative to really stop immediately the, um, the, the desecration and decimation of the forests and the trees for real estate. Uh, these ancient trees are just being pulled down to put big houses, you know, another mansion, another high, a skyscraper. And this impacts the, the, the very fabric um, of, of Mother Earth and of our own ability to breathe and be healthy living beings in an interconnected world. Wow. Um, I just want to honor your wisdom, Shelley, in this moment, just circling back to that um, 
when you said, I think, and I said, no, it's a knowing that by us coming into right relationship and really honoring these foundations of life, we will heal the planet. So just listening to you talk about our relationship with the trees as a reflection of our relationship with the air and then the white lions with the fire. I mean, it just, you just so beautifully and poetically weave together the strands of, of life here and bring these elements in, in a way that I don't know who could ignore, like listening to you. Um, I'm looking out my window right now at these beautiful trees across on the courthouse lawn, um, gorgeous trees. And I'm just like falling in love with them as I'm listening to you talk about air. So just by briefly describing each of these elements, we are expanding that creativity for anyone listening that, that these seven days of rest really can be a renewal, a remembering, a, a rebirthing into right relationship with all of these elements. So I'm excited to hear what you might want to say about our climate and biodiversity. We talked a little bit about the web of life, but by you describing the first four, we're getting a picture of climate and biodiversity and the honoring, but I'd love to hear you speak more about those. Hmm. So for me, when I think about climate, I think about it as this extraordinary intelligence, this relational code that has evolved over millennia that enables this lovemaking between the elements. Um, because the climate is the reflection of this extraordinary lovemaking of the air and the earth and the fire and the water in a, um, in a way that enables the regenerative harmony of the seasons and allows all life to flourish. And it is so, it is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. You can't put climate in a bottle. It is within us. It is outside of us. And I often um, kind of think of uh, climate as on the human uh, referential level as the culture that we create. So um, as we create disharmony in our culture, you know, and we say the climate of a group or the climate of an organization or of a culture, it's, it's a reflection of our consciousness and the way that these elements work within us on a personal level. What is, the, what is your climate today? What is your, your, the sense of your, um, of your body, soul in relationship? It's, it's that, that meta kind of relationship between all of the elements working together inside of you and how they express themselves. So, Climate for me is this exquisite, intricate code of consciousness that um, weaves together all parts of the whole and is constantly processing micro and macro information simultaneously in ways that it's hard to conceive of and works with a specific code that keeps the balance always enabling all parts of the whole to receive everything that it needs in order for the biodiversity to be birthed from this lovemaking. Mm. What a what a beautiful image that you just created that's so much more 
intimate and real and palatable. Um, the, the story is literally this visual picture of climate you just created for us makes it very real and relatable. It's not just this big overwhelming thing out there that's changing, that's threatening us, that we don't know what to do about. It, as you bring that in this beautiful artistic poetic expression of it, it feels like my best friend. And I'm like really moved by that, Shelley. That I've never looked at climate in that way before. It's something that scientists are studying. It's something out there. It's something that's so big that can be so scary. And yet the way you described it was so beautiful. Thank you. Now, if people can't relate to that piece um, during the seven days, um, <clears throat> well, I'm not even going to put that out there. Everyone can relate to that. I would love to hear you speak about biodiversity. I think what we're getting already is a lot of inspiration into how we can really deepen into our relationship during the seven days of rest and throughout the coming year. But speak a little bit about biodiversity. So um, for me, biodiversity is, the, um, is this incredible creation of the intercourse between the elements. Uh, through the lovemaking of the climate, if we want to use that metaphor, it just feels like they, the biodiversity represents the incredible um, permutations of these elements coming together in diverse, in, in, their, in their infinite diverse forms. But the one thing that connects all of them when all is in right relationships and the elements and the climate are working in harmony as nature intended is that each part of the whole is in mutual nourishment with the whole. Mm. Each part of the whole receives precisely what it needs in order to manifest its unique potential in service of the whole according to what I call the, um, the vitality code. And so the biodiversity is this evolving consciousness that is always evolving in absolute balance with the climate and the elements to uh, manifest the incredible richness of love in creation. Beautiful. Again, this is another real tangible way of feeling and experiencing biodiversity. And of course, I always love when you talk about mutual nourishment that thank you for bringing in the vitality code and speaking of this mutual nourishment so Shelly we only have a few minutes left in the show and I really want to hear you speak about how people can get involved what they can do this is very self-organizing this is very self-directed so when we invite our listeners in today to really join in with the seven days of rest and reflection, what might they do? So, f first of all, it, on the one hand, um, you know, there will be many, many resources available on the web for in, of inspiration. And there are many um, people around the world initiating local and global events that um, 
one can join. Some of them, the online events will be available for joining and then there are local events that may be organized or anyone can organize an event and actually offer it to the global community or to their local communities. So it's an event that really inspires and invites people to take this up in whichever way feels most accurate, nourishing and sacred for them. And on each day, um, I will offer also some reflective practices which will be available on the website. I know that um, Julie Good of the Whole will be holding um, some events that will invite people to join in reflection. And it's really uh, an invitation. You don't have to take the whole day. People are at work. People are busy with, you know, family life. And it's not about sitting necessarily and contemplating this the whole day, but it is about giving it the time and, if possible, removing any of the unnecessary noise, you know, the unnecessary um, social media, the, uh, the, the, the habits that, um, that clutter our mind and our, our brain and our and keep us busy to create those spaces for um, for engaging in your unique diverse way through your diverse prism to to discover these elements anew and to develop a relationship with them and share that offer that uh, to the world in whichever way um, you feel is accurate for you and um, and one of the ways to to really um, move into this communion um, is to uh, imagine yourself becoming that element. What does it feel like to be earth? What does it feel like to be water? What does it feel like to have the masculine and feminine in sacred relationship with each other? And as we use this embodied imagination to actually feel it in our bodies, so we can from wherever we are in the world, contribute to this collective field of intention to renew our relationship, our sacred relationship with elements. And given the fact that we are all interconnected in consciousness, the more we all put our attention to um, renewing sacred relationship, the more we amplify each other's intention and create a powerful web of life a powerful tree of life connected through the nervous system and through the ether that is really supporting each other in healthy and mutually nourishing ways. Mm. So then again, there is that mutually nourishing ways that by us all coming in to this shared intention in 2019, we're holding the capacity for mutual nourishment for one another, whether you are quietly meditating and journaling at home or whether you're gathering people in your community to do something larger. um, The opportunity is really a, a beautiful invitation into our health, our collective health and wholeness. So I just want to mention, um, before I thank Shelley that you mentioned um, good of the whole doing something and, and we will be doing a morning um, rest and resonance and an evening rest and reflection every day on Facebook live. So you can come on to the good of the whole Facebook page and tune in. There'll be more information there, but every morning, just a brief attunement to bring us into this space and every evening an attunement to bring us into our night of rest. So thanks for mentioning that Shelley. And thank you so much for joining me today and speaking about this. I think that 
we were both right. We could spend uh, uh, an entire show or more on each of these elements. They're so important. Well, thank you so much, Judy, for the invitation and for being such uh, an incredible steward um, and partner in this event um, and for really recognizing its potency and for holding this, this intentionality in all that you do. Mm, well, thank you. And thank you for being a bright light in Jerusalem. I'm so honored to have you here and, and bring this forward with you. So thank you. And listeners, um, I want to leave you with some of Shelley's words here. As an interconnected living system, individual, collective, and planetary health are all interdependent. Positioning whole system health as our shared priority provides a powerful unifying principle that transcends our competitive and divisive narratives and us-them politics of identity. It generates greater awareness of and respect for all parts of our living system and cultivates a health-oriented culture of cooperation and a creative healing-oriented public discourse guided by the language of life. Together, we can heal the planet and create healthy new forms that are aligned with life and will ensure a healthy and thriving future for all. Seven Days of Rest is one of these initiatives. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.